I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I go. That's a bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing the After Party Season 1. Damask Leary, how are mm-hmm. you doing this evening? Look, I've decided to turn this into a video game podcast because I've been watching, or sorry, playing Disco Elysium and it's really good. (laughs) You're enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. I bought it on Friday, I think it was. It was like a little birthday present. Um, Oh, yeah, happy birthday for uh, Monday, was it? Yes, it was Monday. On the week, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I bought that and I've been playing it on the weekend, just chilling out my PJs, playing it. And it's really good. It's like perfect for me there's sure. no like there's no battles that i'm losing it's just you know click and go here have a conversation with this person it is decide an, what kind of person you want to be morality a, philosophy yeah morality role-playing game right like yeah you the, and from what i understand like the different like like in a and tell me if this is correct or not because i haven't played it myself but like you build the character to a certain degree around what their strengths and weaknesses are. Yep. But is it true that they're like different strengths and weaknesses, like talk to him? Like they have their own like voices? Yes. They and do. stuff as well? Yeah. yeah. Such a so cool there's like idea. different parts of your like both psyche. physiology and mm. psyche and biology, and they speak to you in different ways. Like earlier today, I was having a conversation with this like extreme racist man because it's like racism is very. Ple- prevalent in this made up world um and i was talking to him and he was talking about like you know how bad foreigners are and all this stuff and so my gut like my gut reaction started talking to me about oh you should really listen to this guy like yeah little things like that amazing yeah i'd like to get onto that one day i think i bought it at one stage when it was on Mm. sale on like um, Epic Games Store or something like that. I should get around to it. Uh, something we should talk about quickly before we get to our review in proper. We are now officially going to be doing our reviews every couple of weeks rather than weekly, which we've tried mm-hmm. to do, not very successfully in the past. But right now, just with our schedules and so forth, it's getting hard to do more than two uh, reviews a month, basically. Mm-hmm. We may try and sprinkle in um, bonus episodes here and there, probably myself hosting those with a guest, mm-hmm. whether it's an off-topic hot topic or a sort of more informal review of another TV show or something like that. Um, but for the moment, the mainline reviews are going to be every fortnight. Um, that's about it, though. Otherwise, it's all pretty hunky-dory normal stuff here. So let's get to our spoiler-free review of The After Party Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Apologies to listeners as well if my voice is a bit croaky. I went to the footy today, and as always, <laughs> I yelled my voice out. It's blown out now. I don't think I have COVID, but who knows at the moment the way things are going. Anyway, The After Party is an American murder mystery comedy series created by Christopher Miller and produced by Christopher Miller and creative partner Phil Lord that premiered on Apple TV Plus on January 28, 2022. The series takes place at a high school reunion after party, with each episode showing another character's perspective of what happened that night expressed through a different genre of filmmaking. The After Party boasts a star-studded cast, including Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow, Ike Barinholtz, Ben Schwartz, Alana Glazer, Jamie Dimitro, Dave Franco, John Early, and a handful of special cameo appearances that are best left as surprises. Season one of The After Party consists of eight episodes, each coming in at around 35 minutes and took us approximately four hours and 45 minutes to watch. On March 2nd, The After Party was renewed for a second season. So before we get to our spoiler-free review, Damask... Mm. 
My big questions are, how familiar are you with Lord and Miller and their previous work? And how are you a fan of the murder mystery genre? Um, as I was doing my research today, I was like, huh, I didn't know they did that. So it's like Lego Movie and was another one? The Lego everyone- Batman movie. They were producers on that. They were producers. Oh, like 21 maybe- Jump Street and stuff. 22 Jump Street, Clay with Chance yeah. of Meatballs, Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Like, these are all things they've at least been producers on, if not been mm. full-on writers and directors for. So, like, pretty shit stuff. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, all that stuff is great. It uh, taps into my personal funny bone, my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So, I've always really enjoyed their work. Uh, in terms of murder mysteries, uh, well, we grew up like you know you'd get your murder mysteries on like abc which is like the kind of public access uh channel and um they were usually like poirot and shit and i fucking hated poirot bit of miss marple there was a lot of uh midsummer murders i mean midsummer murders oh god no way no interest zero zip (laughs) what about you okay And that, that's your, okay, right. That's where it ends. Okay, cool. Yeah, for me, I mean. <laughs> I don't have I, a, like a long history with murder mysteries. Did you expect me to? I, well, I don't know. I was expecting to maybe hear about like um, Knives Out, for instance, which has been a recent oh, hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. We that's also nice. reviewed Only Murders in the Building just last year. Which oh, yeah. I do have a long well. history. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for it's reminding like, me. You sort of come Love up that. childhood. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I just remember the trauma in my life. Nothing else. Yeah, go on, go on. Um, in terms of Lord and Miller, huge fans of their work. As far as I can tell, have not had a miss. I've been meaning to watch Clone High. Apparently, that's coming back. People praise that. What is Clone High? Clone High, it's about a bunch of high schoolers who are all clones of famous people like Cleopatra and JFK. So, it's in the title. Okay. It's in the title. (laughs) It had one season. It has a massive cult following. It's apparently fantastic. And they're finally, 20 years later or something like that, there's a revival series coming, um, which they're- Oh, it's like old. It's old. Yeah. It's been- That was pre-like they were doing 21 Jump Street and and Clay with a Chance of Meatballs and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think that's right. Um, but everything I've seen of theirs has basically been a hit, if not a home run for me. The biggest disappointment of all is the fact that they were directing that Solo, a Star Wars movie, the Han Solo movie, mm. and then they got kicked off it after they were like halfway done filming it. And then Ron Howard came in and made it the most bland, straight down the middle, not particularly interesting, really terrible, yeah. like, fan service It's so uh, funny that his, like, daughter is doing the opposite of that within the Star Wars universe. Right? But yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I will always wonder what we missed out on in terms of their, what would have been definitely a wink and a nod sort mm. of movie about Han Solo, which I think would have fit perfectly. And Star Wars needs to be able to let loose and do stuff like that. This is not a Star Wars review. Uh, in terms of murder <laughs> mysteries... I like the I I like the conceit generally, but there is an oversaturation with it on TV, especially if you think of like British murder mysteries. Even mm-hmm. on American TV, there can be a lot of those different series, and they, I would say, like there are famous ones like if we're talking about American murder mysteries like um, Columbo and Murder She Wrote and stuff like that, which we oh, remember murder fondly. Murder She Wrote. Now that one I enjoyed. Right. I will be honest. Yeah. How how good they are from episode to episode, from mystery to mystery, is a different thing. At the moment, though, we're going through an interesting phase with, yes, mm. Knives Out seems to have maybe put a little life back into the old murder mystery genre. Yeah. Um, there's a sequel to that coming out this year, I think, on Netflix, which is pretty awesome. Um, uh, Kenneth Branagh's been doing the Poirot movies to mm. mix to bad reviews from what I can tell. Uh, he but then, really makes some choices sometimes, doesn't he? He does. He yeah. makes some choices, starting with the facial hair. Um, <laughs> the, then we've got murder, uh, Only Murders in the Building, mm-hmm. which we reviewed last year and was really, really highly regarded. And mm. I was I the coldest on that? Liam was on that review as well. I Yeah, you were the coldest and mm. Liam and I thought it was like a nice bit of fun. Yeah, I was. I thought it was okay it was no at rave-y, times. Like rave reviews, but... Yeah, Liam and I definitely enjoyed it more than you did, that's for sure. I, I think what I was disappointed with that was I particularly I didn't think they did the murder mystery part particularly well. Mm, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't think the puzzle was particularly interesting or fair. I think while we maybe figured out who the murderer was, it wasn't because the puzzle was that successful, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Oh yeah, totally. Um 
And so that's certainly something I look for in a murder mystery. With all that in mind, Damask, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of The After Party Season 1? Good golly, would I? Here I go. All right. (laughs) Sorry, I just like to do that to get your reaction. All right. So The After Party is a chaotic show playing a fun little game with genre, as the French say. Uh, Its cast is immediately likable. I think it helps. We've seen so many of these faces before and from things that I personally have genuinely liked. You know, that kind of makes you have a little bit more faith in the quality of a show. Already I'm kind of slightly on side. Yes, Broderick. Which is also something that that Knives Out did so well. It's like that Mm -hmm. cast was so strong when we went into it. It's like, I can't Mm. wait to see like um, these these actors, Chris. Which Chris was it? Chris. I want to say Pine, but that's not right. Chris. Chris. Not Pratt, Evans, not Hemsworth, Evans, Evans, Evans. There we go, we got that. And like um, Daniel Craig, and like, mm-hmm. and then the 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 bigger cast in that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to see that because how could you not see that star-studded cast? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now this is not a laugh out loud show for me. I think I probably laughed a couple of times out loud, maybe. But it really wasn't about that for me. I instead, you know, the show kind of held my attention as you know a curious tale of weirdos and idiots who are (laughs) likable enough for me to want to know which one is a murderer. Uh, You know, it's just a classic murder mystery full of actors I like. So there's not a lot to hate about that. Um, But I, yeah, I wasn't blown away with a laugh, a second script at all. So if that's your expectation, remove that would be my recommendation. Uh, Beginning the show from Anique's perspective, I think is a really wise choice. I was attached to this soft-hearted cutie, which then helped raise the stakes as Detective Dana begins the investigation. Anik is a great entry point, and I think on his shoulders, the writers are able to branch out and give us just as much love to every other suspect, or at least most of them. You know, the concept, a show about the same event from different perspectives, could have been incredibly tedious super easily, However, I think the playfulness that comes with each of the fragmented stories helps stitch them together. And I think using genre as a tool of perspective is very effective here. You know, it's not revolutionary, but what they do with it, I think is, uh, yeah, really cool. Jamie Demetrio, is that how you say say it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think his work is my personal favourite. His idiosyncrasies are pitch perfect and oh so familiar, I think, in a high school setting (laughs) or someone who's still stuck in the trauma of high school. Um, You know, it's hard not... It's hard for me not to see that bucktoothed man on the bus from Fleabag, mm-hmm. but he does such a wonderful job in this. I I really appreciated everything he was doing. He's been coming up a bit lately because he was also the doctor in the second in the, season of The Great, great as well. Yeah. It's like he's just sort of finding his way into mm. these shows now. It's cool. Yeah, and he's just so, so good every time. Um, this for me is a solid show that was fun to watch while I ate dinner. You know, it's well made, <laughs> it has endearing performances, and it knows what it is. It's not something that would compel me to run out and recommend it to people because it blew my mind. But if someone asked if they should watch it, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. It's, you know, it's a bit of fun and I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's my review. I think we're in pretty similar places. I had a really good time with the After Party Season 1. I think it is a show that's just built solid from the ground Mm -hmm. up. And you look to... Uh, Lord and Miller being involved with this and you think, well, yeah, that's a steady hand. Of course, this is, you know, it would be disappointing if this was not at least a solid show. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it, I'm just looking at my notes. Is that what my next sentence was going to be? Like it could not be a stronger foundation than those two at the helm. It's a great yeah. cast. As you already said, I'm already like interested in these people. I enjoy the stuff I've seen them before um, and seeing them all come together Um in a, like a murder mystery fun setting like this and playing off each other with their quirky idiosyncrasies you know, and so forth. Absolutely. Like you're just going to have a good time there. Um, it is interesting. I was surprised by how character focused the show was. I think mm. every episode really does end up being a be uh, end up being while their version of events that lead to unraveling the mystery of what happened and who killed Zan- uh, Xavier Xander. Xavier. Xavier. It's been a while since I watched it. It was about two weeks ago since I finished watching it. But Who Killed Xavier? Um, the They also were self-contained like, where are these people at since high school? 
Mm. And what are they doing now? And what brings them to the reunion? What are they there for? And what was their little journey that night? And I loved that. It wasn't always necessarily blowing my mind, those Mm. stories, but they were solid. And for that reason, every episode sort of was charming in its own way. I think charming is a word I would use a lot of the time in, in this show. I did think sometimes maybe the episodic nature could make the show or the characters feel a little distant from each other because mm-hmm. every episode would focus on primarily on one character. You could have like um, the, uh, I'm just trying to think of the characters now, the Chelsea episode, for instance, which is like the thriller episode. And like, yeah, you spent a lot of time with Chelsea, but because she's not spending time with anyone else at the party you know, while they're waiting and she's doing her interview, she feels disconnected from what's happening you know, in the house at that moment. And, like, Mm. it's barely a criticism, but it's kind of, I guess it's just part of the way this story was being told. It's Mm. funny enough, if not laugh out loud hilarious, like you were saying, but, yes, Mm. that word charming. I felt it was charming from start to finish. The genre idea is fun and it keeps things fresh from episode to episode. But I also thought maybe they didn't always stretch that conceit as far as it could have been. I kind of wish they went further with some of these genre things and maybe that's more of a budget issue than anything else it's like Mm. you can do a different color grade but like if you really want to make an action an action movie feel like an action movie all of a sudden your budget has to go way up and maybe the resources weren't quite there even though apple was paying for this show Mm. um so i'd be interested to see what a season two does um most importantly for me though uh, this show is a genuine puzzle that is both solvable Mm. and satisfying. And this is where I really want to draw a comparison to Only Murders in the Building, which also had a great premise and some really characters that I grew to like along the way, especially Martin Short's character in that. But the mystery was not fun or solvable in a satisfying way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it it kind of fumbled those puzzle elements in my opinion. Whereas for me, with The After Party, it was always playing fair it wasn't over-tipping its hand, but the clues were there if you were paying attention and you wanted to figure out who mm. the killer was. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, really drew me into the to the show. And by episode three, I think it was, I was sort of starting to get a, fi- a feel of who I thought the murderer might be. Mm. And at that point, I was really honed in on the puzzle and I, and I was there from episode... Like I, I went from like watching episodes one and two with a bit of space in between to three, four, five, six, seven, all the way to the end, very quickly one after another to get to that answer. And that was really satisfying. Ultimately, an entertaining and engaging little show, if not necessarily outstanding, equal to the sum of its parts, but not transcending. An easy recommendation. I look forward to a season two. What would you score the After Party season one out of five stars, Damask? I think I'd give it a very solid and yeah, very solid 3.5. Sure. In, in a similar vein, I would give it a solid 4. Looking at what mm-hmm. I've given 3.5s to, um, I think it's better than most of that. I can't get any higher than that at all, but it mm. is. I think its quality is excellent for the most part, if not yeah. absolutely outstanding. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way. 
and to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We would also love you to share hunting seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about the latest show they've watched. Shove this in their face and it will make them super happy. That's a money-back guarantee. <laughs> and in two weeks, our next episode will be about two weeks, we'll be back with our review of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 4. If you'd like to conti- contribute to our discussion of Mrs. Maisel, if you have any thoughts on the after party, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for The After Party Season 1. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. All right, first cab off the rank. Did you figure out who the killer was? Brod, how long have you known me? How long have you known me, Brod? Long enough to think that you probably didn't. Of course I didn't figure it out. I didn't even (laughs) start to think that I could have figured it out to start thinking, hmm, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. I also think that growing up on shows like Lost and stuff, has almost taught me not to even try, just in case you can't. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Because I remember, oh, what was the show I would... Oh, it was Pretty Little Lies. I started watching Pretty Little Lies and I used to take notes. And then that just went nowhere and very fast. That's the difference, um, though. Pretty Little Lies, isn't it famously sort of changed to like that? Is it Pretty Little Lies? I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking of Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl was the one that was like... Oh, there, it's they like, changed along it's the way. It's that guy, like, even though... Yeah, you look back on it, it's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, Pretty Little Lies did something very similar, but uh-huh. their basis was, if you pay attention, and they say this all the time, if you pay attention, you can figure it out, which was an active, and I think, personally evil lie <laughs> that they would tell people that, and they had no idea who A was. I'm still really upset, but there was a great YouTube video about this guy who just pretty much retells you the entire insane plot of Pretty Little Liars. And I think the first video goes for like three hours and wow. it's amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, no, to answer your question, Brod, no, I didn't figure it out until the very end. Until it was revealed to you? Did it- sorry, sorry, no, I didn't figure it out. I was told. <laughs> so I should have phrased that. Did you, okay, going into the last episode, mm-hmm. Like, even without having any clues your way, did you, like, in your mind, were you like, I, my guess would be right now this person? Didn't know even that far? No, I okay. really... Okay. And I was also like, I don't want any of them to be the murderer. So, I was sure. like, I'm sure it's just some weird twist where no one actually killed him and he accidentally fell off the balcony himself. Which is always a possibility with these mm. things. That can happen. Um, did you find the reveal of... Ja- is it Jasper? Jasper or Jasper? Mm. Jasper. Jasper. Jasper? I always get it wrong. Yeah. Jasper. Uh, Did you find the reveal of... We're well in spoilers now, so sorry if you're still here. Of Jasper being the killer satisfying. Did that make I, sense to you? I did. It was really sad. It also made a lot of sense. I was like, oh, yeah, fair play. I didn't feel cheated by it. Mm. And it was also like the one that had the most emotional weight, really, when you think about, you know... The main relationship we've seen other than the romantic one that hasn't actually really formed yet is between Anik and Jasper. Mm-hmm. So it, it made sense and it was satisfying. So I was pretty happy with that. And then I rewatched a couple of episodes once I finished it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. So you absolutely can pick it before they tell you if you pay attention, which I don't. Which I did. I was felt very... <laughs> I'm gonna it's be a very super scary smug. way that you said that. I'm gonna be super smug. I felt, yeah. and I'm. I don't think it's that hard a puzzle to figure out mm-hmm. either. Mm. But uh, by the by, episode two, I had my suspicions of Jasper, and by mm. episode early on, episode three, I was like, "It's fucking Jasper for sure." And then everything from then on confirmed it for me. And I feel yeah. really smug about it. Um, you should, because I remember you asked me ages ago. You're like, "Oh, what episode have you watched?" And I think I just completed. Jasper's one. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, do you have any ideas? I was like, no, I don't fucking know. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, I was talking to Paul Mitzi. We're going back and forth about this. He was asking Mm. me if I'd watched it yet. And he told me who he thought it was. And then I was like, here's who I think it is and why. And I laid out all my evidence. That's why I never ask you anything if it's like a show like that. Because you always guess it. It pisses me off. Paul's going to learn. At the end, I was like, I'm sorry. I feel like I just spoiled the show for you, even though we don't know for sure that's what it is. Um, Paul, if you're listening, that's why you never ask Brod those questions. (laughs) Ever. Never. Never ask me those questions. Never, ever. He thinks too much about this stuff. The, the The giveaway for me, the moment... 
the, the when I started to suspect was the handwriting thing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought uh, it was actually it was when they found the the note that was ripped up, right? And yeah. they were putting it back together. And like they didn't read it out loud at that point, but because I'm that guy, I freeze framed it and read it. And I was like, oh, their lyrics, they rhyme. Okay, who's a musician here? Well, there's obviously Xavier, Xander, Xavier, whatever. And um, it's Jasper. definitely not Xander. Xander's from Buffy. That's right, correct. It's not no, that. No, 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 they start with X. Okay. And um, and Jasper, and I'm like, okay, Jasper, that might make some sense. It could be it. And then when he, when they in the next episode, episode three, when the police were trying to look through the uh, security footage, yeah, and he keeps trying to help them, and then he mm. backs out and then he says, I'm going to tweet about yeah. this to blah blah blah. And then as he's on the phone and the footage started deleting, I was like, it's fucking him. It wasn't until a later episode that I figured out that was actually Xavier's phone that he had. He had two phones in his, the whole mm. time and one comes out of his left pocket and one comes out of his right pocket. And then it was like, but the, the thing, the nail, the nail was that at the end of the Jasper episode, he comes down the stairs. Oh, so he comes from the, the, the recording room into the room and like, what's going on guys and like helps a neck and that all happens, right? Mm. But- in all the other versions, he had come from the balcony. I was like, right. No, so he was other way, isn't it? No, no. He in everybody oh, else's no, yeah, ones, no, you're he right. comes yeah, from yeah. the balcony, yeah. right? And yeah. the and and I had clicked the bit where he said about being a gymnast. Mm. And I was like, right. So he was on there, pushed him off, or however he killed him, jumps down and then comes for the balcony, and that's how he's getting away with it. And so when that was all being revealed and they did a really, really, really good job of laying out all the clues and showing you, you could have seen mm. this if you were paying attention. I was like, this fucking rocks. Um, the other That's thing why that- I think, did you watch it week to week? No, I wasn't. No, I think I watched the first episode early on. I took a bit of a break. And mm. then I caught up a couple of days before the finale came out. And mm. then I basically started. Then I, then I sort of twigged. It was probably... Mm. Jasper, and because I was like on the trail, I was like, I was just sniffing out those fucking clues. I just kept going. I couldn't stop. Yeah. So uh, I think, like, I'm wondering if it's better or not to watch it week to week because I watched it most of it week to week. Um, probably. Because like, I feel like if you're binging it, then you might see those discrepancies a little bit yeah, more, like yeah. the direction that he's walking and stuff. I guess it depends how you enjoy watching these types of shows, I guess. I think week to week would have been better to keep the mystery preserved. It mm. also would have been tempting, I think, if I was doing it week by week to try and like play along with other people. So I would have gone like Reddit mm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which after the show is over, I went to Reddit to see if people were on the, as well. And like there was a poll I saw of one where 50% of people said it was... Um, Jasper and the rest was all like the rest of them. Everyone else. Took out the rest of us. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So it wasn't like this was unheard. A lot of people were on this trail mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I think that would have been a good way to do it. I The other problem for me was doing this. that I take notes because we're reviewing it. <laughs> so I'm taking notes of clues along the way, which mm. means I'm like keeping a catalog. Like I'm totally mm. doing the detective thing. The other big one was for me, it's like if you just want to look at it from a thematic level, everybody else's stories finish with them like having a moment of catharsis of like learning something about themselves. You know, Chelsea chooses not to get revenge on Xavier um, Mm -hmm. in those things. Brett realizes maybe he can be a better sort of like ex-husband and and sign the divorce papers. Um, Zoe, you know, like everyone seemed to have a cathartic moment. Jasper's ends with like, and then I missed out on my chance to uh, get famous. And he also was the only person who never admitted to being in Xavier's room in East Age. Every single other person had that moment in front of the mirror, including yeah. that. And I did clock that it was open um, mm-hmm. when Anique went up there as well. Um, but he was the one person who never admitted to being up there. I'm like, this is the guy. Anyway, I thought for that reason, it was very, very, very satisfying. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you had that experience. I enjoyed that a lot. Um the way we can break this down, I guess, is to go through this basically character by character because most characters in the show have their own episode. Mm-hmm. You've already mentioned that you really enjoyed Anique as a as a starting point. I, I yeah. agree. I think mm. that was a perfect way to set up the stakes. And it is very Knives Out too to have like this character that we get close to and get to know who is essentially accused of being the murderer and then is going out of their way. And in fact, in that, in, oh, I don't want to give away Knives Out too much. Uh, no, don't give it away. Anyway, it's good to have be on the side of the, the prime suspect. It's a yeah. it's a thing that I don't remember being really a part of murder mysteries. Generally, they tend to take the perspective of like 
the detective. And they mm-hmm. just, here's a bunch of like yeah. six to ten people who could all be the murderer, figure out who it is. Um, whereas like siding with Anique early does give you the stakes in a really compelling way. I thought that was very, very smart. So I agree with that. You had nothing else to add, obviously. Um, Sorry, I was just lost in thought about it. And I also, I was thinking, I was trying to remember the names of the characters from Pluto. I can go through them. It's all right. I'll go through them in order for you. With the Anique one, how did you, how successful did you find the rom-com like episode? It was super cute. I I mean, the when we start off with that balloon situation, <laughs> yeah, I was sure. like, well, this is adorable. <laughs> um, the use of Shaggy's angel. I mean, what mm-hmm. a throwback that mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I fucking love that song. What a, what a spicy little jam. Just mm-hmm. delicious. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think it was a nice little intro to kind of everyone, I think. What's the douchebag X called again? Brett. Brett. You know, they describe him as like a human butt wearing a leather jacket. I mean, could that be more apt? I don't think so. Our introduction to um, Zave and how truly terrible he is uh, mm-hmm. and can be. And like, what a phony and a douchebag. Um, yeah, it was a really solid intro. It made me go, ooh, I think I'm really going to like this show. I think about any any particular criticisms of the first episode is that it also it can't just be the rom-com episode or an X episode. It has to be double duty, laying out the groundwork for the entire show, as you said, introducing all the characters. There is more time spent, I feel like, at the high school reunion Absolutely, in yeah. that episode than yeah. any other characters. Um, and in fact, that's part of like Anik's thing is he doesn't really remember what happened once they got to the after party because mm-hmm. he was flat out wasted. Yeah. And so it has a different, yeah, it's deliberately meant to have holes in it that get filled in by other characters we go along. So I wasn't super into it after the first episode. I didn't Mm. dislike it, Mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, this is cute, but I'm not like itching for the next episode. I had a feeling I was going to like these characters just with the setup. Yeah. So then we get through to Brett, Mm -hmm. uh, who is the butt with a leather jacket, as you said, and he's Mm -hmm. got the action film genre thing going for mm-hmm. him, which personally for me was probably my least favourite of the genre. It was terms. my least favourite as well. It, yeah. Possibly, as I said in my spoiler-free review, it might have just needed more money to really be successful, but it kind of... Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a good genre choice for this character who's all bravado and masculinity and all these things, and it works, but it just kind of didn't... Um, Maybe didn't do enough to riff on the genre or mm-hmm. wasn't successful. That's what I always talk about with parody. It's like the best versions are both really good at making fun of the genre while also being a good entry in the genre at the same time somehow. And I, I think this one was just fine, if that makes yeah. sense. I also think it, it was a hard step because I was like, oh, this is a really cute show. And then our second episode is about Brett, who's probably like the least compelling character yeah. for me. I mean, I think we have a nice moment at the end, but I was also mm. like, no, I don't really want to watch this guy being an absolute tool bag. Um, so that was also hard, but I do completely agree with you. It didn't feel like a great parody of an action film. It leans on this idea that maybe he's a pretty cool dad, but he's just a really shitty ex-husband. <laughs> and, yeah. And you get the sense early on, even though I suppose we spent a lot of time with Zoe in Anique's episode, that you're on Zoe's side here. Brett's the dickhead who's coming in and ruining her night. Mm-hmm. Like, it is hard to be on his side. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all saw that slideshow at the reunion, <laughs> which was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Jasper's episode. Which mm-hmm. Ben Schwartz, love him to bits, since the days of college humor, since the days of Parks and Rec, obviously, even in the days that now he's playing Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm uh, <laughs> I can't not love Ben Schwartz for the most yeah. part. Um and I thought the Jasper episode was probably the most fun episode. Um he's having a great time. I think mm. the songs and stuff were pretty fun. Again, not necessarily spectacular. I wasn't humming them for the rest of the day or anything like that, but I had a good time with that. Uh, and this was was the episode for me where I really got sucked into the puzzle mm-hmm. of of the show. And it really started to make me go, oh, okay, cool. You've hooked me in. I'm mm. now paying attention to like the puzzle you're putting ahead of me. And I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Was I feel like... The character did his job because I was paying attention to the songs and not paying attention to what he was, the story he was telling. Um, yeah, that was a, a fun episode. I wasn't like in love with it, but yeah, 
watching Ben Schwartz have fun is always fun. So that's good. But it, yeah, it didn't, once again, it didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed myself, which I guess is probably what I'm going to say for most of these episodes. I feel like that's, that is the, that is the baseline of this, mm-hmm. of our, of our, of our thoughts and our reviewers that we had a good time. We just didn't, didn't blow our mind. And so this ends mm. up being a short episode of saying like, that was cute. And moving on, yeah, that kind of tells you where the show was. For the are most you part. like? I mean, we kind of talk about this later, but I won't talk about it now. Like, what are you thinking about this season two situation? I would just like to have a bit of a chat about that quickly. We can, can do that now if you like. Um, I certainly have thoughts about that. Um, based on where we end up, I think I think we already know that um, we're going to get Dana back. Tiffany Haddish will be back again. I think we know mm. that is it Sam Richardson who plays Anique. Um, yeah, yeah, he. We don't know he's back, but they do lay the groundwork at the end of the season. That's it's like, right. here's my yeah, card. Yeah. This mm-hmm. guy's good at puzzles. Maybe he will be like called in at some stage early on or midway through the mm. season to come and start helping out the puzzle. I, I do like this idea of like kind of great solid comedy casts coming together yeah. for a murder mystery. I think that's probably something that I would tune into every year. I yeah. wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is the best show ever. But it's like, oh, I'm going to have an amazing comfort watch for the next like eight to ten weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly where I'm at as well. The idea of like, it's, it reminds me a little bit actually of what's happening with the White Lotus. It's like mm. every season of the White Lotus is going to be in a different White Lotus hotel. And there'll but be with a Jennifer different, Coolidge every single time. <laughs> maybe Jennifer Coolidge every single time. But there'll be another stellar cast of, in that situation, insufferable rich people. But like a, a whole new cast with a whole new story that's set in the same sort of world mm. that will have a similar tone, I think is a pretty cool idea this like anthology series almost in a way that's loosely connected from season to season i actually think that's really awesome mm-hmm. and i think that's what the after party could be um the harder i mean uh, no i take that back both shows have the problem of trying to make subsequent seasons as engaging as the previous one because while you might have those super casts there is mm. very little character so you might love Dana but like that mm. that might be the one character that keeps following on through each season and you've got to reattach yourself to different characters and those mysteries need to be equally compelling and mm. um, satisfying in their solutions and yes. that's the challenge i think yeah which is thankfully the, I, I don't think like well i guess each character was compelling but i'm not sure if i had like a huge attachment i suppose like i'm not like oh i wish like blah blah was back this season no but i think that's the challenge that i guess a a show like this and like even a show like fargo which has been doing this as well where it's a different cast and a different story and a different Mm. set a different um time period every year and stuff like that the challenge they always have is that you have most tv shows that we watch have that connective tissue where you're like well at least i know next season i'll get more midge and more like of um, her dad and stuff like that. These characters that I've, you do grow to love over time because you spend so much time with them. For those that haven't watched it, he's talking about Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Just as an example. But like <laughs> yeah. those shows mm. with those reoccurring casts, you do fall in love with them over time. It might not be yes. in season one, but maybe if we got more time with y- Jasper or Chelsea or Zoe or something like that, you really would come to love those characters if there was a season two. But because they don't have the opportunity, that's their challenge is they need to keep keep you wanting to come back all the same. Yeah, the mystery the- has to be just as fun. And while you, yeah, we're not going to attach ourselves to the characters, they need to be just as enjoyable to watch. Exactly. Yeah. And I and Knives Out is going to have this problem with Knives Out 2. It's like, can mm. Knives Out 2 really be as good as Knives Out 1? I mm-hmm. doubt it. If it does, that's going to be a fucking huge um, tick for um, mm. Ryan Johnson's books. But the... Yeah, that's 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 the challenge there. And I, I think I would argue that the, the mystery needs to be harder. The puzzle needs to be more difficult next season, but still can't be a cheat. That's the hardest thing. I mean, no, I disagree. Don't make it harder. Okay, <laughs> I sure. didn't get the first one, Brod. <laughs> don't make it harder. No. See, that's the... No, don't do that because that's the problem is when people make shows like this and then every season, like, got to make the puzzle harder yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. become Westworld and that's such a mistake. But that, again, that's the good... That's the good news. That's the thing this show does have is because every season's a reset, they, mm-hmm. ha- they are not 
beholden to anything that was that we knew about last season, right? Yeah. There is no part of this that we have to go back and like rewrite that. Well, actually, Jasper was set up by Brett, and he wasn't the actual killer, or he was like you know what I mean, where you have to add layers. Yeah. It's like you start just, fresh. Yeah. I don't want what happened to many, too many shows where the creators feel like the inter- the internet is their enemy, and that if yes. people solve their problem, like their little puzzles that they're invalid and they suck. And that's just not true. Yes, there's always going to be broads in the world, creators. Of course there are. Absolute lunatics, 100%. That then, like, do a bunch of research on the internet and, like, freeze frame stuff. Like, psychopath stuff. Broads (laughs) exist, all right? But let's not punish the Damascs of the world because of it, is my plea. I I actually 100% agree with you on that. (laughs) I I take back my whole thing about getting harder Mm. because you're exactly right. While... I could argue that the puzzle was a little bit too easy because I figured it out so early. Mm. It also, like I said, was extremely satisfying and there's nothing less satisfying than mm. an unsolvable puzzle. Yes. It's one of the things I liked about the early Sherlock series, the Bandit Cumberbatch ones, mm-hmm. was I always felt like their puzzles were relatively fair, that if you were paying enough attention, you could figure this out. And then something I always hated about the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie is that that is an absolutely unsolvable puzzle. That is <laughs> that is bullshit. There is no you are not along for that ride alongside mm-hmm. Sherlock. You are just waiting for him to tell you what happened at the end with mm-hmm. information that you could not have any in reasonably understood or guessed or, or figured out in your own way. So you are right. Don't necessarily make the puzzle, puzzle harder. Can you make cut, them- edit that bit and just like send it to me? And I'm going to make it my ring too. <laughs> Damask oh. is right. Yes. Listen to Damask. Don't make them harder. <laughs> Just make they're, sure they're equally fun and yes. satisfying. The solutions mm-hmm. need to be satisfying. And this absolutely was. Um, what about Chelsea's episode? Um, hers was the thriller episode. Mm-hmm. I probably laughed the most in this episode. Okay. Like her... Paranoia, I just found very juicy and enjoyable. Um, obviously, like, there's a lot of, like, oh, no, that's only in Walt's episode that we find out, right? Walt's episodes we find understand what yeah. Chelsea's whole thing was with Xavier, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, just watching her kind of lose her mind, and I also just love Alana Glazer, and she just always yeah. makes me laugh, is a, a big help as well. What were your thoughts on it? I, I thought this is one of the ones I wish they went a lot further with the mm. genre conceit. It kind of felt Oh, yeah, to me I can't like, speak to that, but I just enjoyed her um, insanity, I suppose, in those moments, yeah. Yeah, I, I just kept thinking, like, I think Thriller could be a really fun one to do. It's funny, you know the, you know the first one, the opening one, I can't remember the character's name, but they're like, they, the detective asks her what happened. She's like, I saw a neck up in the thing and it's like really like artsy French new wave sort oh, of yes, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I never, we never like see they... her again. <laughs> well, well, yeah, she was an important character, yeah. but, but it like, it was almost like just setting up the idea of like the mm-hmm. mind movie or whatever. And I was like, that was cool. But I also thought it almost was the most successful at like really going 100% for that genre thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I could have done more. I think you could have done more, with Chelsea's thriller one, though, that, that, like they're my complaints. I, I kind of yeah, wish they had more disagree. time and money to do that stuff better. But I also thought her story and like that moment at the end with Xavier, where she admits what she was going to do, and then she had the cat tranquilizers in there, mm-hmm. and and he and doesn't end up going ahead with mm. you know trying to blackmail him and all those sorts of things she was trying yeah. to do. Um, was a really fulfilling little storyline, and mm. and it also really built off the little bits of Chelsea we'd seen up to this yes, point. Yes, that's what I really, really loved, way. like seeing it from her perspective. Because before we see her episode, she looks insane, like yeah. she's absolutely out of her mind and like drunk as shit and just like falling apart. And then we see her perspective, and she's like, not like. She's going through it, but like she's a normal person who's just having like a really hard time. And I appreciate that. And moving forward, maybe go, oh, okay, what other layers of interactions mm-hmm. are going to be revealed to us in the future? I do think from the bits that, and I when I was going back and re watching scenes and stuff like that, as like I, I was. Like I said, psychopath, yeah. Psychopath. Um, 
I think this would, if you just watch it from start to finish, once you know the answer, I think you would find it very compelling and pick up on a lot of things along mm. the way that would make you go, ah, oh, that was there the whole time. And I, I would have, I, you know, I didn't clock at that time, but it was always there. They built this stuff in. They knew what they were doing. Um, for instance, I love the bit where he tips the, the flask out and you're like, she didn't get peed on her head yeah. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. Okay. That's that answer solved. What does that mean? We take that. That's not important anymore, really. What does that mean for what we know? Like those sorts of things. Those little reveals along the way were really helpful. Um, followed up that episode with High School, which is kind of Walt's episode. And I love they didn't call this episode Walt because no one knows Walt's name. <laughs> um, I think this episode is perfectly placed in the season mm-hmm. because you do... A, it just has these amazing parallels that run in conjunction, not just in like showing the events that sort of lead up to where characters are by the time they come to their high school reunion, but like there are deliberate, like I almost identical things happening. The mm-hmm. idea that Anique is going to make his move with Zoe in the in the high school party. He's trying to do the same thing at the reunion party. Mm-hmm. Um, that Jasper is kind of having the opposite effect. Um, with Xavier here where he's breaking up with him whereas back in the other one he's trying to get him to work with him again like these awesome parallels that are happening all along the way that was very cool and I was surprised by how much I I'm not going to say I was convinced by them being teenagers but I also was surprised it was fully immersive though right you're like uh, okay I'm going to buy it though like it felt like a teen movie and also it it helps because it's playing on the genre of like but it's specifically American teen movies. Yes. And they're all 45 years old. So yes. You're like, well, sure. Why, why not these guys as well? Absolutely. <laughs> I also think it's smartly placed just simply because I think we do need perhaps a little break from the party. Yes. You know, yep, the yep. one that we've watched time and time again. So let's mm-hmm. go to another one, get some added context. That's really interesting. Um, it actually has, I think it's probably like my favorite episode of the mm-hmm. Of the season, I think we learn so much about these characters. Yeah. Walt, I, I do laugh out loud at almost everything Walt says and the way that he says it is yeah. so beautiful. Like that performance to me is incredible. I'm just obsessed with it. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love that episode. Um, I want to also give props to Dave Franco, who I thought was excellent in this episode particularly. Oh, I, so, yeah, sweetie. Well... There's until the, until right yeah <laughs> yeah but i actually thought the way he played that moment where he comes mm. out of the bedroom and everyone's asking what happened and he's like oh yeah we totally did it and like there's a he's obviously doing the wrong thing mm. but i can see the a the high schooler in him mm-hmm. i can see the guy who's just been like fucking dumped from his band i can see I don't know. There was a, there was something about the way he played it that maybe was a bit of a better performance than I realized Dave Franco was capable of. He played it perfectly, mm. um, and, I, and it was obviously such a, a, a such an important moment for Chelsea more than anybody else. But it sort of you see how he becomes Xavier after mm-hmm. this, like building on this yeah. reputation like, that oh, he gets. this is how I get positive reinforcement. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That, By being a fucking douchebag. Yeah. That, that I just thought that like the origin story there was like mm. perfectly handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that context for Xavier, for everyone's relationship with Xavier mm-hmm. was, and like, again, this is where the show was so satisfying as it like you peeled off layers. Because you mm. know what? I want to talk about Omos in the building very quickly. What nothing annoys me more than when, when the there's one thing to have red herrings of which this show has, but it's mm. another thing when the when the people investigating the crime go down a completely different path, and then everything you knew about at the end gets new context, and they go, "Oh, these things were always this along the way." And it's like this show doesn't do that. It just keeps giving you more context. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. makes everyone kind of still a suspect, but you kind of start to understand why better mm. along the way. I re- mm-hmm. I thought just like every episode revealed a little bit more truth, a little mm. bit more understanding. I really appreciate that. I also think, yeah, it was that episode where, because Angela and I were watching it together and yeah, we turned to one another and we're like, when after he has that um, situation with Anique and mm-hmm. he walks away, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Angela mm-hmm. and I turned to each other and we're like, 
oh, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, fuck that guy. He's yeah. a piece of fucking shit. Um, so that was also allowed us to laugh more, I guess, at the comedy. We're like, yeah, fuck him, even though it's based around a murder. Yeah. Uh, the next episode was Zoe's episode, which is the animated episode, which I'm going to argue is not so much a genre as it is a medium, but okay, for the sake of what they were trying to do. You don't have to uh, argue that. I 100% agree. So, yeah, not really a genre, but whatever. Probably my favorite character episode, though. Um, the one All that's right, like sorry, focused on, on individual. I've got a, I've got. Okay. So, it's a medium, but we do have at the Oscars... It because we've got our, our dramas, comedy slash musical, and then animated. That's not so one of the Oscars. It's not. A, they don't have an animated. No, no at the Oscars they have animated, right? Yeah. But the same way they have documentary and short fil- short yeah. documentary and short animated film. But what they don't they don't have dramas or musicals and comedies at the Oscars. You're Wait, what thinking do they have? of the they just have best picture. And then but they have all, an animated section. They exactly because anime is a different medium, not a different genre. Oh, okay. So that's right. the that's like the argument. So like that's what I was doing, proving your point. <laughs> <laughs> if you were talking about the Emmys, though, yeah, the yeah. Emmys do that. Golden Globes. I think the Golden Globes maybe do that as well, or maybe both of them do. Um, Who the fuck knows? But the Oscars doesn't. Mm. When it comes to film, that's gotcha. Yeah, it's so a, they're the only ones doing it right, according to Brad. Yep. Yep. All right. I can't wait to watch the Oscars on Monday. It's going to be an absolute <laughs> shit show. Me too. Uh, anyway, I think from a yeah, from a character, from a, from an individual character episode, mm. I thought this was my favorite because um, I think the the medium of animation <laughs> allows for a very introspective story and this idea of like mm-hmm. Zoe talking to the different parts of herself and like why she's coming to the reunion and why she's behaving the way she is, and these these multiple versions of herself mm. and coming to terms with that as a woman who is like not doesn't understand how she got to this point in her life. She's trying to go through a divorce at the moment. She's also, you know, a full-time mom, whatever these things mm. that are happening. I was just like, yeah, it's just a really compelling story and understandable for like somebody yeah. in their mid-30s. Like that's mm-hmm. totally just I, I yeah. totally was on board for that story. Coming to terms with all the facets of you. Yeah. What a fun journey we all go on. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you just had that, it didn't even have to be a part of the overall mystery or anything mm. else. I was like, oh, that was just a satisfying little it really was, 30 minutes. Yeah. I thought so. Um, do you have any thoughts on that one particularly before we move on to down I liked episode? it. And I, yeah, I enjoyed the kind of the personification um, of, of those elements. Yeah. It was just mm. super effective. I don't think I really have anything else to add than how, you know, what you said so beautifully, Brod. Also, why I love animation as a um, as a medium is because they can do that sort of shit, which... But it, that's also why you hate it as a genre. <laughs> but why I hate it as a genre. <laughs> yeah. right. Love it as a medium, hate it as a genre. <laughs> uh, second last episode was Dana's episode. So, this is The Detective. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sceptical of this one going in. And I was like, why do we need to have an episode that steps away from the core mystery? What can it give us that we didn't have before? And it doesn't really give us a whole lot of new information if you're trying to figure out the puzzle. No. But what it does is it's extremely compelling in terms of, A, talking about the issues with policing, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, something that the idea of detective and cop shows isn't as appealing as maybe as it was 20 years ago for people. But we we are in one, so let's talk about that for a second. And especially when they're talking about the pressures of getting convictions, if you're mm-hmm. in that, got very the wire in there for a moment. Um, but also understanding why Dana is so hellbent on solving this case herself. Yep. Quickly it, keeping them all in one room and like, I've got to do it tonight. Yeah. yeah. Before the perfect, this other like, douchebag gets for, like, in. Why it's a murder mystery and you're holding everyone in this room yes. and they can't leave. Yeah. Before 100%. this other douchebag gets here, who's just mm-hmm. going to pin the black guy. Yeah. It's like... Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, yeah. now the stakes are raised even higher yeah. because you've done such a good job of getting me on board. And I think another show- I really show, enjoyed that episode. I think it's a very good episode I really episode liked well. it. And yeah. Tiffany Haddish, I don't know. I found her very likable, enjoyable in this role. I remember I was, I think Angela watched the first episode without me and I could mm-hmm. just like hear- and I was like, oh, Tiffany Haddish, I'm not really loving this performance. And then we started watching it together. And as I was watching her, I'm like- I'm actually really enjoying this performance. Mm-hmm. I think it it all 
it it comes together better though once you get to the, this episode. I imagine there mm. could have been a temptation to have this episode earlier in the season or even at the start of the season to really start you with Dana in some way mm. or filter this through in a different way because her character is so big as to, is to be almost the most clownish person there aside from probably Jasper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in some way, she's just doesn't make sense for her to be a cop. It feels like you're not taking this seriously, sort of thing. Hundred percent. I did. I did. One. I'm like, why? Is, why would she ever join the police force? Yeah. yeah. But then this episode helps you mm. to go. Well, now I get it, and I'm on board, and like everything you're doing makes sense to me. And, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a very, very good episode. Final episode, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Very brief little like mini mystery that gets solved, mm-hmm. um, which I wasn't really thinking about that much. I didn't have answers for the um, the wig and I didn't have answers for where um, the other, I can't remember the name of those two girls were. There were the two, there was number the one, number two. Jennifer's, where Jennifer two had gone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a great little like mini mystery that was solved. Yeah. Um, All those loose ends just... The Wrap wig in particular yep. was the one thing I couldn't figure out how it was fitting in. And once it was like, oh, the little girl just threw over the edge when she was running by <laughs> the party. I was like, yeah. that's quite a red herring you've got there. Almost to the point of making me annoyed. However, it wasn't getting in the way of me figuring out the, the solution. Though I don't hate like one that is ultimately like one. inconsequential. Yeah, that's yeah, it's yeah. okay too. And so like uh, they brought it. Did they bring it up like every episode this week? No, not really. It was one of those yeah. things that like if you were paying attention to it, like yeah. it's it's in the first scene. Yeah. It's like it would there's a annoy fucking me wig. if they made it like a central thing to solving it, and then by the end you learned that it's actually inconsequential. That yeah, would have yeah, bothered yeah. me more. Yeah. Um. And then we have the parliament scene where the detective comes through and explains Classic. Yeah. why this person wasn't the murderer and why this mm-hmm. person was. Yeah. And it was I was on fucking tender hooks because as much as I thought <laughs> I as much as I was convinced I knew who yeah. the who it was and they kept cycling through these people and I wasn't saying him yet. I was like, it's gotta be him, it's gonna be him. Mm-hmm. And they really drew it out beautifully. When I she first it. said Brett, I was like, oh really? No. That's so boring. I was like, that can't be it. And then obviously that in a said his pace and then it was like it's Jasper and I was like no (laughs) Ben Schwartz though he Mm -hmm. plays a good bad guy too like his Mm -hmm. like his confession about all that I thought was perfect and perfectly fitted the character as Mm -hmm. as presented Um, yeah really really satisfying ending really satisfying agreed 100% any last words final thoughts that's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? I don't. I've got two. Only two. Right. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that Dave Franco was going to end up being the good Franco brother? I never... I, Everyone paying attention, bro. Yeah. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know what the real clue was? He what? married Alison Bree, and that mm-hmm. should have been the giveaway from the start. It was for everyone else paying attention, bro. Yeah. Anyway, he's the good Franco brother and everyone should mm-hmm. know it. Um, also, Dana's partner is Jimmy Tatro, who played Dylan Maxwell in American Vandal season one. That was cool. I hadn't seen mm. him in anything since American yeah. Vandal. He's so good. He should be in more stuff. He's, he should be in more stuff. He was so amazing in American Vandal. He should have immediately got like a Marvel film, a million other things. Like There are too many people who still haven't watched American Vandal. Like it is It's so upsetting to me. Crime. <sighs> That is a fan. That uh, that makes me angry that people don't get it. And every time, like, I try to explain to them, like, you just have to watch it, and then you'll fully understand how amazing it is. And they just refuse to do it. I know. I know they do. Paul, Uh. (laughs) fucking watch American Vandal already. All right. Is this the fuck you, Paul section? I'm ready. (laughs) Fuck you, Paul. Uh, what was your highlight and low light? What was your low light first, Damascus of the series? Uh, yeah, so already mentioned it. it. was probably the second episode. Didn't love the character. Didn't love the genre. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, unlike you, I was enamored by the first episode. So it was like a pretty steep decline. I was like, oh, no, I hope this, uh, hope this doesn't fall short of my expectations. I agree. I think it's the right place for that episode in the season, but mm. it is... I think the weakest episode and the reason that I didn't, I wasn't like binging it before then. Like Mm. I stopped episode two, meant to get back to episode three, but never sort of got to it round to it. And then when I finally got to episode three was when I was like, okay, now I'm in. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that is episode two. Unfortunately, was just the weakest episode. What was your highlight? 
Um, we've spoken about Walt's episode. There's one line in Walt's episode that like absolutely like epitomizes um, him and what was happening. But uh, when Anik is in the bathroom and Walt's trying to help him out and he like gets him a, some clothes and Anik turns to him and says, you usually bring a change of clothes to a house party. And Walt's <laughs> just like, this is my house. <laughs> it, was just, it was just too much. I was like, fuck, that's funny. The poor guy. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, Walt was the prime suspect. Oh, um, I, for a long time. I was like, does this guy even go to their school? Like, mm. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the highlight for me was, was feeling the satisfaction of being able to, A, figure out who the murderer was, but just feeling that generally that the show was playing fair mm-hmm. and yeah. I, it made you feel smart. Like, it reminds me there are video All games right, like... fair enough. Not everyone. What I, what I mean to say is like, <laughs> I like video games that are puzzles, mm-hmm. that are puzzle games like Portal and Portal 2 are two of my mm-hmm. all-time favourite games. And the thing is, they're never, they're never meant to be unsolvable. They're never meant to drive you up the wall. They're just meant to unfold in a way that makes you feel like a genius when you figured it out, but it was always meant to be figured out. Mm. And there is something immensely satisfying about that sort of stuff. Um, the witness. I think you'd like Disco Elysium then. I probably would. I probably mm. would. Um, yeah. The witness is one of my all time favorite games. One of the first games I ever platinumed, I think, because I just got so sucked into the way that like the, that the puzzle element of that unfold. Anyway, this show was like that for me. I thought, I think it's a, it's a really big tick for me. Cool. Predictions, hopes, and concerns for a season two. We've, we've sort of already had this discussion. <laughs> we've sort of already had this discussion. Yeah. Um, a new cast is mm-hmm. exciting. I agree. Is there anyone yeah. that stands out that you would like to have on it? Is there someone of a similar like ilk and um, like celebrity level that would suit this, though they could probably go a little bit higher going forward. They could go a little bit higher. Um, oh, I watched, I can't remember what it's called, um, but Will Arnett has a newish show on Netflix. Where Murderville. Murderville. Um, and the best episode by far was the one with Conan O'Brien, who I like. The first pers- episode. Who I fucking love. Sure. He's, I just think he's so funny. I would just, I mean, he would never do it and he's way too famous and powerful, but I would love Conan O'Brien. <laughs> On it because he just like blew me away in that episode with Will Arnett and like very easily out improved Will Arnett and everyone else in every scene. Um, I, I very much enjoy him. Uh, I mean, obviously, Jennifer Coolidge should be in everything. <laughs> er, mentioned sure. her earlier. Um, haven't seen Tina Fey do anything in ages, wouldn't mind her. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a good, would yeah. Like? Actually, that's an interesting way of thinking about thinking Ooh, about what's, like. Um, What's her name? You can cut this a little bit out. What's her name from um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? What's her name? Ellie Ellie Kemper. Yeah, sure. Ellie Kemper hasn't done something in a while. I really like her and I think she's kind of in the same like ilk as those other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's uh, anyone. Yeah, I think like I'm starting to just think of some of my favorite shows that mm. – and it's probably TV people mostly. So like an Amy Poehler or a – who plays Ron Swanson all of a sudden? I forget his name. Um, oh, Fuck. Nick Offerman, Thank who's doing you. a lot of TV and stuff at the moment. Um, or Seth Rogen, who was just in that Pam and Love Tommy him. show. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, an Alison Brie or a Betty Gilpin or a Ken <gasps> Jong. Betty Gilpin! <laughs> or Comedic a- genius Betty Gilpin. Great at comedy, great at drama. Get her in there. Get her in there, please. Yep, 100% agreed. Uh, Gillian Jacobs or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who plays... Abed, uh, Danny Pudi, like, okay, that's just me talking community people, <laughs> basically. But like, yeah. but that's sort of like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that level is where you could mm-hmm. be at. Or like Abby from... Um, from Abby Jacobs. From Broad Jacobson? City. Jacobs, yeah. Jacobson. Yeah. From Broad City. Would be, mm-hmm. would make sense to be in there. Though she's busy working on A League of Their Own. So she can't, doesn't have time. Yeah, that show, are we going to get a release date for that? I feel like that's that's got to be nearly done cooking, right? She was recently on one of Nicole Byer's um, episodes talking about the lease. They've t- taken ages to do the edit. Oh, and that's so a worry. That's they're a worry. being that's released. A worry. 
I don't know. She was chatting about it. It didn't seem like a worry. It just seemed like they were really slow at doing it. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it's coming out soon-ish. Mm, I hope so. There's a lot coming out. They might be trying to dodge around other things as well because there's so this much being announced recently. Yeah. Fucking, I just, I was looking at our list before this. This is way off topic. I haven't put Obi-Wan on our fucking list. This is dumb. Anyway. Um, well, sorry to interrupt you. When is that coming out? May? Something like that. I think Shit, it's really? It's coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything's. Ha- it's all happening. It's all it's happening. All happening. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, new cast is exciting. I imagine mm-hmm. we'll see a bunch of really exciting announcements over the mm-hmm. next sort of mm-hmm. um, six months or so before they start filming that. That'll be cool. Although I wonder how long it'll take too because goodness knows Lord and Miller are not, not busy people, if that makes sense. They are always doing a bunch of cool stuff. Um can they make an equally satisfying puzzle twice? I've already talked about that being a worry for me, but I'll always give the show the chance. Mm-hmm. What other genres would you like to see? I imagine they will stick with that idea. That they will do sci-fi genre plays. Sci-fi is an option. Um, an 80s Pop- erotic thriller. They could um, do that. A straight up horror. It makes sense. Yep. Um, like some sort of goofball comedy or... Stoner comedy. Stoner comedy. Stoner comedy would be really easy to do. Mm. I could see that one. Um. Yeah, there's a it's, few genres out there. There's a lot of genres. It's hard to know what are the ones. I feel the like the subgenre. <laughs> I feel like the main ones have sort of been used in this season. Mm-hmm. So whether they would just re-explore them, but you know, with a slight tweak, maybe they'll make them more specific. It's like mm. I guess uh, the, I it'll guess be maybe a kung they'll... fu action film yeah. type thing rather than like a generic action film or yeah. something like that. I would, yeah, hope. Hopefully they write the character and then choose the genre that would be best suited to them. Yeah, I don't know how you do right? that. That'd be that'd be tough. Because it's like it's their personality expressed through genre. See, I feel like you choose the genres first, the genre. then you make the personalities around that. That's it's an incredible balancing act to try and do all of those things, and that's also mm. why, as much as I might be a little bit like, I wish they went further with the genre stuff. The point was the characters came first, mm-hmm. and that's more important anyway. And so mm. while. It could have gone further. Which is why I'm it hoping should, they have solid characters and add yeah. the genre. It yeah. shouldn't be at the expense of the characters, absolutely. Mm. Um, <laughs> my other thought was, I guess it will still be an after party just for something else. Maybe an after party after the first night of like someone's show or an after party after... It could be even like the reception at a wedding or something like that. Like um, Easy enough to have this uh, use that title still. Um, mm-hmm. and have it be an afterplay for a very different sort of event that gets people together where maybe it's a more professional thing, maybe it's still a personal thing like a wedding or a funeral, mm. like a wake or something like that. Yeah, Who knows? yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind even if they, you know, change the title to the corporate getaway or like whatever, <laughs> like wherever it's like set, they're like, you know, that's the title of that season. Oh, the corporate getaway is a murder mystery. would be a good one. <laughs> I like that one. They should, they should just do a spin off with White Lotus and they have a corporate getaway Ooh, while the White Lotus love hotel. That. Would be Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis. B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Damask, you're not on social medias right now, is that You right? can't find me. Don't try. Next episode, we'll be back, which will be in a couple of weeks, to discuss The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 1. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.